Hello and welcome to Connected, the podcast about people, ideas, marketing, technology and everything that's good. I'm ASD, a digital man here at Mediacom. Hi, I'm Sue Uniman. I'm Chief Transformation Officer at Mediacom. And joining us over the airwaves is Marco. How are you doing, Marco? Hi, good, thank you. Uh, Marco Batozzi is the Vice President for EMEA Sales and Multi-Market Global Sales at Spotify. Before this, he was the Global Chief Revenue Officer at Performix, Global Chief Executive of Performance Marketing at Starcom, and the President of Global Clients at, at Viviki. A lot of big titles. So, Marco, you, yeah, yeah, very good titles. You've been at Spotify for three years now, and Spotify yes. is famous actually for its agility, right? There's even, yeah, I believe uh, there is the, the Spotify version of, of Agile. Um, yes. Which, which one of our clients is using at the moment? Um, so, how has Spotify changed in those three years? Uh, well, I think you know, I started. Um, I joined a company that I would describe as a very big, very successful startup. Um, it was populated with an awful lot of people who had been there for for, um, you know, I would say three, four, five, six years, and uh, some of them longer, who, uh, you know, really were there at the beginning. And um, that was an interesting thing because people who, uh, um, my, my observation is people who grow up within a startup environment have got, you know, very, very particular behaviors. And I guess part of my role when I joined was to, to sort of help move the company to let's say a post post IPO post listing type of company it, you know within my within my area and remit so i think like one of those changes was was the business uh, side of it and the and how we worked and how we thought um and then the other areas for me were just the th- more the consumer side right the stuff that we're all used to i have a lot less dinner parties or drinks where people go oh you know i don't really what's the street what's the streaming thing like i don't really get it i've got these great records and you know and i i I taught myself really quickly to not not go down that rat hole at at, uh, in in that way that happens a lot less now i think people have people realize that you can do you can have both um and then of course we are a living example of it the the podcast growth has just been phenomenal both in terms of you know the interest in it the listenership the investment in it and that's that's been a that's something that's taken off in a way that when i joined you know we probably would never have imagined yeah because you've just invested a lot of money over the last year you've bought four or five companies right all about podcasting particularly original podcasting so it's becoming a big strand of your your strategy i'm guessing yeah, I think the the big the big turning point was probably moving. We we were sort of known as the world's largest music streaming platform, and and Daniel, you know, really put a stake in the ground. The founder Daniel put a stake in the ground and said, you know, we want to be the world's biggest audio streaming platform. And um, but but we we continue with the themes of uh, a really a sort of three sided marketplace where we're trying to we're trying to help the creators. We're trying to help um listeners and consumers have a great experience and then the advertising community also to uh, to work within that so uh podcast is now becoming you know a, a really big part of that oh brilliant okay uh so obviously we're all in the the covid19 situation together so outside of that what are the biggest challenges for spotify at the moment 
Um, I think, I don't know if it's at the moment. I think generally, I'm, I'm going to talk about ad sales. That's, you know, that's definitely my area. So, um, the, you know, we one of the most common conversations I have is around free and premium. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, this, it, it, this, this idea that in some way, um, you know, free is less valuable than premium in terms of the use, the, the listeners. And that's a really common conversation that I have. And, and actually, you know, when you look at it, what is actually the difference between um, often a free user and a premium user is something that I sort of re- refer to as a ceiling of functionality. So, you know, when you get to a point using the app that, you, you know, you want to build more playlists or, you know, you, you definitely need to download the music and have access to it offline more, um, whatever it may be, whatever that functionality is, that is normally why people change from uh, free to premium. It's not that they have money or don't have money or, you know, it's, it's really more about the behaviours. And, um, and I think it's kind of, but, but people, you know, talk about that a lot. And, and in fact, demographics and audience makeups are pretty similar. It's really just about how much you love music. And let's face it, there's a lot of different ways to spend your money at the moment. Uh, there's yes. more and more subscription services. And there's a, so many people that are like, I am happy getting the 40, 50 million songs and all the podcasts that are on there, um, you know, for, for the sake of listening to some advertising or watching some advertising. And so that's a big sort of, that's a topic that, that goes uh, often round around. But um, I think, again, it's changing, you know, the whole community, our, our whole business is based off platforms where advertising is the key. So, I kind of um, I find it interesting that people sort of fixate on that a little bit. Is that where you would say Spotify is most misunderstood? Um, that that's probably the most common, you know, from from my from where I sit, it's probably yeah. one of the most common conversations that we have. Um, I think you know, connected back to to your earlier question about where things were and where they are, one of the big you know, one of my big focus areas was to continue the journey of putting Spotify on the map. And, and part of it is part of it is obviously um, the, the teams that we have doing that. Part of it's also our, you know, people know that w- we turn up at, at reasonable scale when it comes to the certain big events like Cannes and CES and so on. Mm-hmm. So business marketing are helping us do that. But um, hiring great people like uh, Rack and other people that I've hired across Europe collectively we're all trying to raise the profile of mm. the brand so I, I i have seen sort of as the brand the advertising brand has grown and grown over the last few years we we do tend to get less questions about that because i think it is it's all part of that coming away from um how people used to think and and how they now see us so you've we talked earlier um in the intro about how you've you've worked um, media owner side, you've been at Performix, you've been at Starcom and Viviki. So, what did you learn moving from agency side to media owner side? Uh, yeah, it was. It's interesting. It's. It's. I think when you do it, and I'm sure the num- many number of other people who have done it will tell you that uh, you do get a lot of people from the agency side asking you, like, "What's it like? What's <laughs> <Yeah>. it? Like? <laughs> Could I do it?" Um, and. Um, 
and I was totally the same. Like I asked exactly the same questions um, when I when, when some of these things were being thought about. And uh, you know, one of the one of the big learnings for me, I think, is about is a little bit about when you do it. All my career, actually, a lot of people said you should be in sales, and they always said that. Um, I, I always ignored them for well for the first <laughs> twenty years, anyway. And um, and there's a bit of me that's pleased I did because I think when I came into to my particular role, it was, I think it was. Um, the crossover skills, the the what I would describe as kind of straightforward leadership skills, came first, and then sales ability came second. If, if you see what I mean. So my role was to um, most of what I put into play in the first six months to a year was really just about leadership skills that you can garner in agencies or anywhere else. Leadership is leadership. Yeah. Correct, and at the same time. I see. Um, I see how people work. Um, I don't want to keep name checking because his head's going to get too big. But if I talk about Rat, if I see how Rat works, you know, he he's good at what he does because he's been doing it twenty years, right? And so I think it's presumptuous to think you can just go into sales and be the same as someone who's been doing sales for twenty years. There is a there's a, a way of operating. There's a way of thinking that comes, I think, with years of experience, and um, I think I would have, if I would have been in that job, I would have probably done, I wouldn't have done as well. I wouldn't have coped as well. I would have had a, a much steeper learning curve. I was lucky enough in, in my role to have a lot of support to, to help me with um, thinking about sales. And, um, and I, had, I had the sort of air to breathe to, to focus on the more, the leadership and the change, change management and so on. Um, so that was, you know, that was definitely a learning is, is I would, you know, if you're thinking of moving from agency to sales, you, you think you have to think carefully about the company you're moving into. And I think about the level that, that you're going into and, and what your transferable skills would be. Um, I also discovered a real target and again, it'll vary by person, but I, my, my, I often felt like we would get to the middle of the year on in the agency and we'd go, oh, it's looking a bit slow. There's a bit of a gap. We definitely need to speed up, you know, and then September there would be a bit of a, oh, yeah, we're definitely behind. Um, whereas sales, it's, it, it is every day. Mm -hmm. It is every single day. And what I think was the biggest wake-up call for me was it's a moving target. So just as you're sort of, you know, and, and this is like anyone from sales listens will obviously this is like Janet and John stuff, but this is what I came across was, you know, <clears throat> I remember in my in the first quarter, I remember just about halfway, I don't know, a month in, and my boss at the time saying, um, he's like, okay, so we really need you to, you know, pin down your number for the for the quarter, forecast your number for the, and I was like what I, i'd barely have my first cup of tea and i was having to predict <laughs> uh, you know and then even when i started thinking about that you you got it you're starting to think about the next quarter and it's just this rolling nature of it which is you know common sense to all the salespeople out there but to me that was a bit that was like wow okay you, you you've got to really juggle a lot of different balls if you're gonna um if you're gonna succeed because if you do sort of turn your eye away then things can creep up on you um, and that that is something you do have to sort of adjust to that pace 
uh, and focus is something you have to adjust to. I guess different rhythms. Um, yeah. What, what's next for you? It's a weird time. Um, people, people should know that we're recording this. I'm not sure when it's going to come out, but we're recording it on week two of the COVID-19 lockdown in, or, or working from home in the UK. So um, yeah. when I say what's next for you, I guess that's a, there's, a, there's a number of ways you can interpret that question. <laughs> well, yeah, I think that the, the uh, I'm not going to use this as a positive, but it is a, you know, I've running the region, I've got sales teams in Italy and Spain yeah. and, and all over. So, you know, I've been seeing this coming from a business perspective for some time dealing with all of those guys. So I think there's, I've had, you know, they've been sharing their experiences and Luca and Alberto and Italy, you know, they, they give you a sense of what's happening at, not just at a business level, but at a people level. And, and in fact, within the business, you know, they, they, in the U S they look to, they look to other countries, they look to Italy to see how things are progressing. So yes, I mean, what, what's next is definitely, you know, I've got to help my team get through this uh, in whatever way I can, in whatever small ways I've, I, I can do. But mainly it's about, you know, supporting uh, and hopefully, you know, doing whatever you can to make their lives a little bit easier in in their very lots of different ways. I mean, I, that's probably, I think that's the most interesting thing is, you, you know, you might be talking to a couple of hundred people where you've got people at all different stages of life all different pressures and so it's really hard to go here's the rule book about you know and we're all seeing all these posts on twitter and everything about working from home i think we're kind of focused on what do you need and it's it is almost down to a kind of one-to-one -one level and that's what we're saying to each of our managers and their managers and it's like just ask, you know ask them what they need that's going to make their day a bit more bearable because the, all the rules have gone out the window and you know, personalization it's, it's, proper personalization it, 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 it is i think it's and it is the only way the only generalization is like everyone has to show some empathy and you have to realize that we've got to be flexible in these times and they're extraordinary times um but at the same time from a personal perspective i you know i kind of want to use this time productively i realized the other day this is the only time ever in my son's life uh, i've got one boy alex who's coming up for 10 it's the only time in his life where we've both been at home at the same time outside of holidays, like literally going on holiday ever. We've, we've just never been in each other's company for this long. I'm sure I'll annoy the shit out of him after a few days, but we'd, you know, we won't focus on that yet. We'll keep it positive. Yeah. Um, but you know, and that, that is, that should be special. Right. And, and I think it's just, it's something I'm enjoying. I'm, you know, I'm trying to do stuff and this isn't about like, you know, filling filling my day with this but just not traveling is probably the biggest time like that just saves me just being at home uh, allows me i'm learning the guitar i'm trying to do that you know so i just i, I want to try and use it to its best as as much as dealing with all the horrific stuff that's going on around us thank you oh, interesting uh, so on to our, our regular questions now so what is your favorite line from a poem a song or a book well, I, yeah. So I, I I can't remember why I landed on this, and I'm gonna I'm gonna have to read it quickly because it's long. But um, it's a line, Mark. I... You'll have to choose a line <laughs> from it. If it's if it's a it's a, if it's a passage, you're gonna have to choose a line. Am I? Okay. Yeah. Uh, give it. Give it. Give, okay, well, give it to us. Some rules. 
Well, okay, I, I, I'll tell you. So since we're all, you know, I was trying to be a, a, a bit sort of soft-hearted and romantic. Since we're all being thrown back together in our houses, I went back to uh, one of my uh, wedding speeches, one of my wedding readings, which is Captain Corelli's Mandolin. And mm-hmm. uh, it's called Love is a Temporary Madness, or it starts that. And I just sort of love at the end when it says, when the roots that grow towards each other underground and when all the pretty blossom had fallen from our branches, we found that we were one tree and not two. So there's a much longer passage. But I think, you know, this is interesting times. A lot of people being thrown back together um, and spending a lot of time together. So I thought I'd go right back to the start, the wedding day, Mm. and focus on something sort of happy and romantic. It's interesting, right? Because you've seen we've seen divorce rates spike in China as people are the everything has been disrupted, and yeah, it's so interesting how people like you're saying with your son as well about how everything has just changed. Like my neighbours yeah. are spending time with their kids in the way that they've never done before, and it's it's a real real disruption. Big, big changes, big, big changes, changes, and some yeah. of, some of them will be transformations, not just disruptions. Mm. Um, uh, that's that's lovely. Uh, as well as a device, a divorce spike, I believe a baby boom. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Yeah. at so least if, we've got something else to talk about now instead of the <laughs> the, the world war one if you were a genie what five commonly available objects would i have to put in a magic circle to summon you please Marco? okay so um i uh, as you know because i tweeted about it but i listened to your uh, one with tess alps the one thing yeah. we definitely have in common is gardening so stick a garden fork in there definitely because i find that therapeutic at all times uh, uh, when i when i'm gardening i don't know why it just distracts me and I, I don't think about the work and everything else i think um running shoes uh love my exercise particularly now again any exercise is is good for, good for the brain no doubt can you give us your preference marco uh, um, if you've got one uh, in terms of running shoe yeah I'm a, I'm an Asics man generally. Yeah, but don't ask me to make give you the model. No, no, Asics. Is. <laughs> and as they say, other running shoes are available. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, we love Adidas too. And then um, I, I, I threw my phone in there, which I know is like really uh, everyone's sort of anti how much time we spend with phones. But I'm always leaving it everywhere. So if you've got it, then at least I know I can get to it. Um, dog lead is you know one of my favorite pastimes is walking the dog what, uh, what kind of dog have you got i've got a vinorama uh so quite a big energetic uh sort of blood handy type dog who's very noisy i actually had to throw him out of the room because <laughs> he will suddenly start howling at inappropriate times so I've, I've stuck him out in the back um and then the last one again maybe i you know maybe it's not in the but i put a payslip in there because frankly we all need our payslips at the moment so uh if, if you that, pop that in what, there we, we, can, we can allow a generic payslip yeah yeah and a generic average phone. average right average wage probably that, that exactly a, a yeah. generic payslip that is a first that one we've yeah. never had that before we've got um, to live yeah most of so one question has slightly changed so what three things in your house are giving you comfort in these social distancing times um I think uh, I always love looking at photo albums and I would have used that as a 
if it had been the thing you want to take with you as well, because I think I just, I, I love looking back, no matter how many times I look at photo albums, I always feel like it's the first time when I, when I go back over them, because there's just something about that sort of moment in time. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that you've gone to the trouble of getting them and putting them in an album, which, you know, we so rarely do nowadays. Uh, I mentioned the guitar earlier. Um, I really love guitar. You'll probably notice a, a sort of thread in a lot of what I say is, is about uh, distraction. Um, you know, I, I love things that stop me staring at my phone, staring at a screen. Mm. Um, I, I love things that. T- yeah, something that just using my hands takes my brain somewhere else. And uh, what I've realized about learning the guitar later in life is. I've just got so much more patience, so much more patience. So I don't mind like stumbling along over the same thing for a lot. You know, it just doesn't bother me anymore. I just enjoy the act of doing it. And then um, the last thing would have to be my son's teddies, who are probably next to just about anything else. If they go missing, um, then you know that that I would be sad. I'm not even worried about him. It'd be yeah. me. I'd be me. I'd be sad about it. He'd probably move on in a couple of days. Uh, so they're the three things for me. Okay, we're going to give you the power to change the industry in one way, like right now, on this on this podcast. What what would you do? What would you change? Um, I would. For me, it would be get more companies to take school leavers and to focus on um, uh, social mobility and ethnic diversity. We're still pretty useless at that. Yeah. Um, there's been incredible amount of effort, great effort on um you know equality i think ethnic diversity is like really really lacking and and i it it's something that i focus on now because it's something that i can work work on and do i've been doing speakers for schools for many years and when you go to those schools you realize how different these state schools they're full of all this diverse talent Mm -hmm. and then you look back into you know or, or certainly you know Less and less, you know, we are definitely getting better, but it's still not representative. Um, And so I've been really working on that and trying to focus my efforts on that. And even when someone approaches me about, um, you know, would you mind sponsoring uh, a topic that is still a very important topic? I'm I'm kind of interested in, is there going to be a dive, you know, some angle around diversity on it? Or is it just going to be about, you know, um male or female or whatever the the thing is so i i've really you know i'm just trying to do what what i can and i'm working with there's been some great people at spotify that have helped me do a few things and work placements with speakers for school and stuff and continue to do that because i think we we've got to unshackle ourselves from the you know the degree mentality of who who we hire it's, it's such an important point because you know th- there's not many ways into media. Once once you know about what I mean is what there's not many people know about media. They know I was about gonna creative. Say, that's the main thing. When you do talk to schools, I mean they obviously most people don't know what media are, but people aren't considering advertising marketing as careers at all. No. Um, no. And and I think uh, I always I have a couple of questions in there about, you know, why is advertising important? And I, I've probably spoken to two or three thousand students now and um very very few maybe literally five have explained that you know advertising pays for all this other stuff right so all this amazing content all this amazing access they don't get it they don't talk about it they talk about what advertising does for brands 
They never mm. talk about it from that angle. And I think, wow, we, you know, we're doing a terrible job of marketing mm. ourselves because mm. that should be the first thing they say. Brilliant. If we were to give you a billboard, where would you put it and what would it say? Oh, um, I think for, where would I put it? This is, this is one that I um, needed to, to think about. So I think I would, from a location perspective, I would definitely, I would definitely have something that was very high profile around, I don't know, I don't want to say just Leicester Square, but mm. I, I want it somewhere very big and big and loud. And I think I would do exactly that. I would be advertising our industry to get people excited about it and get us from being the, the, the kind of an industry that people respect and talk about and enjoy and, and hopefully they start to love ads. Um, can you show us uh, your top five songs on your Spotify Rewind? Oh, my God. I forgot you were asking me that question. <laughs> I'm just looking at mine now and I definitely wouldn't share them. <laughs> you know, this is like a very, this is, this is obviously a very personal thing. So what know, is it you I want? I know, it's a very personal question. I like, I apologise. We probably, we probably don't know each other that well, Mark. No. Till, till now. Okay. So uh, do you want it on repeat? The ones on repeat? Yeah. Well, okay. Yeah. I just need to check. Okay, I've got Underdog by Alicia Keys. I've got Leave a Light On by Tom Walker. I've got, oh, it's just updated. I've got uh, Roses, Iman Beck remix, which is a bit of, it comes off the Alter playlist, which is for the dancey people. And uh, Better Off Without You, Becky Hill. I don't know how many is that. I'm Quite Poppy and World Gone Mad by Bastille. Ah, very interesting. Thank you. Um, Thank you. And that was Generally, before all of this happened. That <laughs> was actually it was. Yeah. Um, I'm quite. I, I love female vocalists and I love pop, as uh, anyone at work will tell you, and a bit of dance. So, yeah, I'm probably. I'm probably. I'm more like a sort of 14 year old girl trapped in a man's body. Well, I think we'll 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 move quickly to the question you can't prepare for. <laughs> yeah, so you will have heard that we usually have a box of questions from the School of Life, but we don't have that. So what we have got is Proust's questionnaire. So I've got 35 questions. Um, and if you could give me a number from 1 to 35, I will read it out. And if you could answer it to finish us off, please, Marco. So 1 to okay. 35. Uh, let's go for 18. Question 18 is, if you could change one thing about yourself, what would it be? I, um, I hate to say this because I don't want to be like, uh, I would, I would love to have the, have my hair back. Okay. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me day to day, but you know what? I used to, you know, I used to love running my hands through my hair. (laughs) Brilliant. Marco, thank you very much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. I really enjoyed it. Thanks for Stay inviting safe me. Stay everyone out there. Stay safe. Thank you. Cheers. Bye.